0: Chapter Four of Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. Five Little Peppers and How They Grew by Margaret Sydney. Chapter Four. Trouble for the Little Brown House. Oh, I do wish," said Joel a few mornings after pushing back his chair and looking discontently at his bowl of mush and molasses that we could have something new besides this everlasting old breakfast why can't we mammy better be glad you've got that joe said mrs pepper taking another cold potato and sprinkling on a little salt fog shouldn't complain so long as they've anything to eat but i'm so tired of it same old thing growled joel seems as if i should turn into a meal-bag or a molasses jug well, hand it over then, proposed Ben, who was unusually hungry and had a hard day's work before him. No, said Joel, alarmed at the prospect and putting in an enormous mouthful. It's better than nothing. Oh, dear, said little Phronsie, catching Joel's tone. It isn't nice. No, it isn't. And she put down her spoon so suddenly that the molasses spun off in a big drop that trailed off the corner of the table and made Polly jump up and run for the floor Oh, Phronsie," she said reprovingly, you oughtn't to never mind pat as she caught sight of two big tears trying to make a pass in the little molasses streaked face polly will wipe it up shan't we ever have anything else to eat polly asked the child gravely getting down from her high chair to watch the operation of cleaning the floor oh yes said polly cheerfully lots and lots when our ship comes in what will they be asked phronsie in the greatest delight prepared for anything oh i don't know said polly ice-cream for one thing phronsie and maybe little cakes with pink on top interrupted phronsie getting down by polly's side oh yes said polly warming with her subject ever and ever so much pink phronsie pepper more than you could eat phronsie just clasped her hands and sighed more than she could eat was beyond her ho said joel who caught the imaginary bill of fare that's nothing polly i'd speak of plum pudding like the one mother made us for thanksgiving asked polly getting up and waiting a minute cloth in hand for the answer yes sir said joel shutting one eye and looking up at the ceiling musingly while he smacked his lip in remembrance wasn't that prime though yes said polly thoughtfully wouldn't you have em all like that joe every one replied joe promptly i'd have seventy-five of em seventy-five of what asked mrs pepper who had gone into the bedroom and now came out a coat in hand to sit down in the west window where she began to sew rapidly Better clean up the dishes, Polly, and set the table back. Seventy five foot, Joel. Plum puddings, said Joel, kissing Phronsie. Dear me, ejaculated Mrs. Pepper. You don't know what you are saying, Joel Pepper. The house couldn't hold them. We'd eat them, responded Joel. That would be foolish, interposed Ben. I'd have roast beef and fixings, and oyster, and Huckleberry pie. Oh dear, cried Polly, how nice, Ben, you always do think of the very best things while joel food and declared that he wouldn't waste his time over old beef he'd have something like and then he cried come on dave what do you choose little davy had been quietly eating his breakfast amid all this chatter and somehow thinking it might make the mother feel badly he had refrained from saying how tiresome he had really found this everlasting breakfast as joel called it but now he looked up eagerly his answer already, oh i know he cried what would be most beautiful toasted bread white bread and candy what's candy asked phronsie oh don't you know phronsie cried polly what mrs beep gave you the day you got your shoes the pink sticks and-and the peppermint stick mr beep gave you phronsie finished joel his mouth watering at the remembrance that day when you got your toe pounded added davy looking at joel oh cried phronsie i want some now i do well davy said polly you shall have that for breakfast when our ship comes in then your ships aren't ever coming in, mrs pepper wisely if you sit there talking folks don't ever make any fortunes by wishing true enough laughed ben jumping up and setting back his chair come on joe you've got to pile to-day oh dear said joel dismally i wish mr blodgett's wood was all a fire never say that joel said mrs pepper looking up sternly it's biting your own nose off to wish that wood was a fire and besides it's dreadfully wicked joel hung his head for his mother never spoke in that way unless she was strongly moved but he soon recovered and hastened off for his jacket i am sorry i can't help you do the dishes polly said david running after joel i am going to help her said phronsie i am so polly got the little wooden tub that she always used gave phronsie a well-worn cup napkin and allowed her to wipe the handless cups and cracked saucers which afforded the little one intense delight don't you wish polly said little phronsie bustling around with a very important air nearly smothered in the depths of the big brown apron that polly had carefully tied under her chin that you didn't ever and ever have so many dishes to do mm, maybe said polly thoughtlessly she was thinking of something else besides cups and saucers just then of how nice it would be to go off for just one day and do exactly as she had a mind to in everything she even envied ben and the boys who were going to work hard at deacon blodget's woodpile Well, I tell you," said Phronsie confidentially, setting down a cup that she polished with great care. "I am going to do em all tomorrow for you, Polly. I can truly. Let me now, Polly. Do nonsense," said Polly, giving a great splash with her mop in the tub, ashamed of her inward repinings. "Phronsie, you are no bigger than a mouse." "Yes, I am," retorted Phronsie very indignantly. Her face began to get very red, and she straightened up so suddenly to show Polly just how big she was that her little head came against the edge of the tub over it went a pile of saucers followed there now cried polly see what you have done oh whimpered phronsie breaking into a subdued roar oh polly it's all running down my back is it said polly bursting out into a laugh never mind phronsie i'll try you dear me polly said mrs pepper who had looked up in time to see the tub racing along by itself towards the provision-room door a stream of dish-water in its wake she'll be wet clear through do get off her things quick yes am cried polly picking up the tub and giving two or three quick sobs on the floor here you are pussy grasping phronsie crying as she was and carrying her into the bedroom oh dear wailed the child still holding the wet dish towel i won't ever do it again if you'll only let me do em all to-morrow when you are big and strong said polly giving her a hug you shall do em every day may i really said little phronsie blinking through the tears and looking radiant yes truly every day then i'll grow up right away i will said phronsie bursting out merrily and she sat down and pulled off the well-worn shoes into which a big pool of dish-water had run while polly went for dry stockings so you shall said polly coming back with a big piece of gingerbread in her hand and this will make you grow phronsie oh and phronsie's little white teeth shut down quickly in a comforting morsel gingerbread did not come often enough into the pepper household to be lightly esteemed now said mrs pepper when order was restored the floor washed up brightly and every cup and platter in place hobnobbing away to themselves on the shelves of the old corner cupboard and polly had come as usual with needle and thread to help mother polly was getting so that she could do the plainer parts of the coats and jackets which filled her with pride at the very thought. now said mrs pepper you needn't help me this morning polly i am getting on pretty smart but you may just run down to the parson's and see how he is is he sick asked polly in awe to have the parson sick was something quite different from an ordinary person's illness he is taken with a chill said mrs pepper biting off a thread so mrs Folsom told me last night and i am afraid he is going to have a fever oh dear said polly in dire distress whatever do we do mammy don't know i am sure replied mrs pepper setting her stitches firmly the lord will provide so you run along child and see how he is can't Phronsie go asked polly pausing half-way to the bedroom door "'Well, yes, I suppose she might,' said Mrs. Pepper assentingly. "'No, she can't either,' said Polly, coming back with the sun-bonnet in her hand, and shutting the door carefully after her. cause course she is fast asleep on the floor.' "'Is she?' said Mrs. Pepper. "'Well, she's been running so this morning. She's tired, I suppose.' "'And her face is dreadfully red,' continued Polly, tying on her bonnet. "'Now what will I say, Mammy?' "'Well, I should think it would be,' said Mrs. Pepper, replying to the first half of Polly's speech. She cried so well you just tell mrs henderson your ma wants to know how mr henderson is this morning and if twas a chill he had yesterday and how he slept last night and-oh ma said polly i can't ever remember all that oh yes you can said mrs pepper encouragingly just put your mind to it polly There isn't anything to what i used to have to remember when i was a little girl no bigger than you are polly sighed and feeling sure that something must be the matter with her mind gave her whole attention to the errand till at last after the multiplicity of messages and charges not to forget any one of them mrs pepper let her depart up to the old-fashioned green door with its brass knocker polly went running over in her mind just which of the messages she ought to give first she couldn't for her life think whether if twas the chill he had yesterday ought to come before how he slept she knocked timidly hoping mrs henderson would help her out of her difficulty by telling her without the asking all the other doors in badshatton were ornaments only opened on grand occasions like a wedding or a funeral but the minister's was accessibly alike to all so polly let fall the knocker and awaited the answer a scuffling noise sounded along the passage and then polly's soul sank down in dire dismay it was the minister's sister and not gentle little mrs henderson she never could get on with Miss Jerusha in the least she made her feel as she told her mother once as if i don't know what my name is and now here she was and all those messages Miss Jerusha unbolted the door slid back the great bar opened the upper half and stood there she was a big woman with sharp black eyes and spectacles over which she looked which to polly was much worse for that gave her four eyes well and what do you want she asked i came to see-i mean my ma sent me stammered poor polly and who's your ma demanded Miss Jerusha as much like a policeman as anything and where do you live "'I live in Primrose Lane,' replied Polly, wishing very much that she was back there. "'I don't want to know where you live before I know who you are,' said Miss Jerusha. "'You should answer the question I asked first. Always remember that.' "'My ma is Mrs. Pepper,' said Polly. "'Mrs. who?' repeated Miss Jerusha. By this time Polly was so worn that she came very near turning and fleeing, but she thought of her mother's disappointment in her and the loss of the news, and stood quite still. "'What is it, Jerusha?' a gentle voice here broke upon polly's ear i don't know responded miss jerusha tartly still holding the door much as if polly were a robber it's a little girl and i can't make out what she wants why it's polly pepper exclaimed mrs henderson pleasantly come in child she opened the other half of the big door and led the way through the wide hall into a big old-fashioned room with painted floor and high old sideboard and some stiff backed rocking chairs miss jerusha stalked in also and seated herself by the window and began to knit polly had just opened her mouth to tell her errand when the door also opened suddenly and mr henderson walked in oh said polly and then she stopped and the colour flushed up into her face what is it my dear and the minister took her hand kindly and looked down into her flushed face you are not going to have a fever and be sick and die she cried i hope not my little girl he smiled back encouragingly and then polly gave her messages which now she managed easily enough there broke in miss jerusha A cat can't sneeze in this town, but everybody'll know it in a quarter of an hour. And then Mrs. Henderson took Polly out to see a brood of new little chicks that had just popped their heads out into the world, and to Polly down on her knees admiring The time passed very swiftly indeed. Now I must go, ma'am, she said at last, looking up into the lady's face regretfully, for Mammy didn't say I was to stay. Very well, dear, do you think you could carry a little pat of butter? I have some very nice my sister sent me, and I want your mother to share it oh thank you ma'am cried polly thinking how glad they will be for he does so love butter only wait a bit then said mrs henderson who didn't seem to notice the objection so she went into the house and polly went down again in admiration before the fascinating little puff bowls. but she was soon on the way with a little pat of butter in a blue bowl tied over with a clean cloth happy in her gift for mammy and in the knowledge of the minister being all well I wonder if Phronsie's awake, she thought to herself, turning in at the little brown gate. If she is, she shall have a piece of bread with lots of butter. Hush, said Mrs. Pepper from the rocking chair in the middle of the floor. She had something in her arms. Polly stopped suddenly, almost letting the ball fall. It's Phronsie," said the mother, and I don't know what the matter is with her. You'll have to go for the doctor, Polly, and just as fast as you can. Polly still stood, holding the ball and staring with all her might. Phronsie sick. Don't wake her said mrs pepper poor polly couldn't have stirred to save her life for a minute then she said where shall i go oh run to dr fisher's and don't be long polly set down the bowl of butter and sped on the wings of the wind for the doctor something dreadful was the matter she felt for never had a physician been summoned to the hearty pepper family since she could remember only when her father died fear lent speed to her feet and soon the doctor came and bent over poor little phronsie who still lay in her mother's arms in a burning fever it's measles he pronounced that's all no cause for alarm you ever had it he asked turning suddenly around on polly who was watching with wide open eyes for the verdict no sir answered polly not knowing in the least what measles was what shall we do said mrs Pepper they haven't any of them had it the doctor was over by the little table under the window mixing up some black looking stuff in a tumbler and he didn't hear her there he said putting a spoonful into phronsie's mouth She'll get along well enough, only keep her out of the cold. Then he pulled out a big silver watch. He was a little thin man, and the watch was immense. Polly, for her life, couldn't keep her eyes off from it. If Ben could only have one so fine. Polly, whispered Mrs. Pepper, run and get my purse. It's in the top bureau drawer. Yes, Sam, said Polly, taking her eyes off by a violent wrench from the fascinating watch. And she ran quickly and got the old stocking leg, where the hard earnings that stayed long enough to be put anywhere always found refuge she put it into her mother's lap and watched while mrs pepper counted out slowly one dollar in small pieces here sir said mrs pepper holding them out towards the doctor and thank you for coming eh said the little man spinning round that dollars the lord's mrs pepper looked bewildered and still sat holding it out and the lord has given it to you to take care of these children with see that you do it and without another word he was gone wasn't he good mammy asked polly after the first surprise was over "'I am sure he was,' said Mrs. Pepper. "'Well, tie it up again, Polly, tie it up tight. "'We shall want it, I am sure,' sighing at her little sick girl. "'Mayn't I take Phronsie, ma?' asked Polly. "'No, no,' said Phronsie. "'She got Mammy, and she meant to improve the privilege.' "'What is measles anyway, Mammy?' asked Polly, sitting down on the floor at her feet. "'Oh, tis something children always have,' replied Mrs. Pepper. "'But I am sure I hoped it wouldn't come just yet.' "'I shan't have it,' said Polly decisively. "'I know I shan't.' nor ben nor joe nor not davy i guess she added hesitantly for davy was the delicate one in the family at least not nearly so strong as the others mrs pepper looked at her anxiously but polly seemed as bright and healthy as ever as she jumped up and ran to put the kettle on the stove what will the boys say i wonder she thought to herself feeling quite important that they really had a sickness in the house as long as phronsie wasn't dangerous it seemed quite like rich folks and she forgot the toll and the kind of poverty she looked out from time to time as she passed the window but no boys came i'll put her in bed polly said mrs pepper in a whisper as Phronsie closed her eyes and breathed regularly and then will you have your dinner ma yes said mrs pepper i don't care if the boys come the boys will never come said polly impatiently i don't believe why here they are now oh dear said joel coming in crossly. i am so hungry oh butter where'd you get it i thought we should never get here I thought so, too, said Polly. Hush! Why, where's Ben? He's just back, began Joel, commanding to eat. And, Davy, something is the matter with Ben. He says he feels funny. Something the matter with Ben? repeated Polly. She dropped the cup she held, which broke in a dozen pieces. Oh, Wocky, cried Joel, see what you have done, Polly Pepper. But Polly didn't hear. Over the big flat door-stone she spat and met Ben with little David coming in the gate. His face was just like Franz's and with a cold, heavy feeling at her heart, Polly realized that this was no play. "'Oh, Ben!' she cried, flinging her arms around his neck, and bursting into tears. "'Don't! Please! I wish you wouldn't! Phronsie's got them, and that's enough!' "'Got what?' asked Ben, while Davy's eyes grew to the widest proportions. "'Oh, measles!' cried Polly, bursting out afresh. "'The hatefullest, horridest measles, and now you are taken!' "'Oh, no, I'm not!' responded Ben cheerfully, who knew what measles were. Papa up polly i'm all right only my head aches and my eyes feel funny but polly only half reassured controlled her sobs and the sorrowful trio repaired to mother oh dear ejaculated mrs pepper sinking in a chair in dismay at the sight of ben's red face whatever we do now the prop and stay of her life would be taken if ben should be laid aside no three half a quarter dollars would come to help her out and she didn't know where to turn polly cleared off the deserted table for once, Joel had all the bread and butter he wanted. Ben took some of Fonzie's medicine and crawled up into the loft to bed, and quiet settled down on the little household. Polly whispered Ben as she tucked him in, "It'll be hard buckling to know for you, but I guess you'll do it." End of Chapter Four. Recording by Ellie, November two thousand and nine.